All right, so on to the, the uh, business for today. We have a, um, a awesome thing that we're getting ready to start today. Uh, today is Freedom Sunday. It's also Back to Church Sunday. And um, I know that Amanda and Steve are going to talk about Freedom Sunday here in a little bit. But I wanted to let you know that as part of our um, Back to Church Sunday, we're starting a whole new series of messages. Now, I have talked the last couple of weeks that we were going to start something new this week. We spent the summer talking about love and what love looked like. And I thought it would be appropriate for us to look at ways we can live that love out. What does that look like coming from us and um, Christian values and, and as, a, as a Christ, a follower of Jesus, a believer of Christ, um, what does it look like for us to be involved in our communities and, and those kind of things? So we're going to begin talking about that for the next several weeks. And I thought, what better time than on Freedom Sunday to have uh, Amanda and Steve come and talk to us about the Rescue Hill uh, Nazarene Compassionate Ministry Center that's dealing specifically with uh, human trafficking. And it's a, man, it's a tremendous opportunity for us as a church to, uh, it's a way for us to live this love out. And so the new series is called Love is a Verb. I said that a few times while we were talking about love. And so, um, and DC Talk, somehow we're going to have to get that song into one of these messages or one of these Sundays. But uh, love is a verb. It's something we do. It's an action we take. And one of the things that we can do is be involved uh, to stop the atrocities of human trafficking. So I'm going to invite you guys to come up and uh, share with us a little bit about the Rescue Hill and what you have going on. We have been here quite a few times uh, sharing. I know that, um, gosh, it was a couple months ago we shared about uh, Rescue Hill and, and just what was coming. But we have never shared with Pastor Cal actually here. Uh, so I am a little bit nervous this morning. I'm uh, going to make sure that I, uh, well, for one, Steve doesn't knock over the table. And I have a weird uh, children's, it was that sermon in a bag. Got a little weird. Got a little sideways on me last time. Uh, but I just want to say it's always good to be with Lantana. It's always good to be with Pastor Cal and Sarisa. Um, you know, I'm really thankful that you guys are like your pastor and you want to keep him around. Because I know for me, Pastor Cal is one of those hearts that challenges me. Um, I can't be in a room with him or Sarisa and not be challenged to love better, or even to think of something I've always thought one way about, but he says something without intention, or Sarisa says something without intention, and it makes me think. It challenges me, and it makes me better. Uh, and, and this morning is one of those. There's no exception to that. Um, I love being in the position of like rallying the troops. I want to stand in front of everybody and I want to say, come on church. Like I want to have that rally cry, like gather that army up. Let's move forward. Let's fight this. And, and today is Freedom Sunday. And, and that is what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about human trafficking. We're going to talk about freedom. We're going to talk about what God's word and what God's heart is um, when it comes to human trafficking. And it, when it comes to this tough word of justice, uh, but yet, this morning, I walked in, and Steve and I have been preparing. We've been 
praying for a couple weeks for this morning, and we've been preparing, and this morning we were running through, okay, this is, this is what you're going to say, this is what it's going to look like, all of that, and, and then I walked in here, and I was talking to Pastor Cal about something, and instantly the Lord said, I'm changing your plan. It was a good plan, but I'm going to change it. And I had to go to the car. I know I had an awkward conversation um, with Amanda. Uh, she said, you can go make your call. But I was like, I just have to go sit in my car for a minute and try to gather and try to hear what you're saying to me, Lord. Um, because it's Freedom Sunday. Yeah. It is the day that churches, the global church, all denominations bring awareness to human trafficking. It's the day that we take an offering to support trafficking, anti-trafficking efforts. Um, it's a day that we give facts. It's a day that we share this just to say, church, this is here, this is happening. And I will say that it is our responsibility, it is our role as Christians to get in the front lines of this and to lead the way. So I like to stand in that position. I like to stand up here and like, come on, church, let's go. And, and uh, I know that I am all of five feet tall, but I am a uh, fighter. Like, I have grown up. I'm a total scrapper. I'll fight you kind of, you know. The Lord has, has refined that and obviously turned it into a very different thing. But I'm not so good with the transparency part, you know. I'm not so good standing up here and being a little bit vulnerable about why when God called me into this, I said, yes, Lord. Now, of course, I want to be obedient. Um, it seems like it's really cool to fight human trafficking, and I'll give you just a few facts so you can kind of understand. Human trafficking is the exploitation of another human being. It is using someone for usually financial gain. There is labor trafficking and there is sex trafficking. In North Texas alone, our area, it is estimated that 400 youth, that means children, we've had them as young as two years old, to 17 years old are trafficked every single day, 400. In the last 12 months, in North Texas, there has been 910,000 online ads posted selling someone for sex, most of those being youth. I will guarantee you, everybody in this room, have encountered someone that is trafficked, and you don't even know it. I will also push you a little bit and say, probably every person in this room knows someone that has bought a human for sex or would be willing to. And we live in these really nice Christian bubbles. I know that that's oftentimes where I live. It's where I'm comfortable. And so we think, no, we don't really see trafficking um, maybe we live in a nice neighborhood. No, it doesn't happen here. 
um, it's happening down at Ridgemar Mall in Fort Worth, or it's, it's with the homeless population, or it's really e easy for us to say, no, it's this, no, it's this, or, or um, it's happening because people are being kidnapped, and that's how it happens. No, that is the least likely way to be trafficked in America. It's happening right here. It's not somebody marking your car and following you. It, and, and I'm all for, I'm all for being aware of your surroundings and watching your kids. But it's not somebody walking up behind you in Walmart trying to snatch your kid. It is someone trying to snatch your kid right here. They lure you in to make you believe that they are your provider, they're your protector, they're your whatever that vulnerability in us is, they meet that need. And as soon as you don't do what they want you to do, they become your punisher. So most people, most it's men and women, it is boys and girls that are trafficked. It starts right here. Social media apps, um, TikTok. Sorry for those younger generation in here that really like TikTok. Um, don't let me talk to your parents because you'll lose all social media by the end of church. Um, my children roll their eyes at me regularly. Um, but I feel that it is our responsibility to educate ourselves and to know what this is because we're all in it together. And I think that we have all heard that through COVID, right? We're in this together, we're in this together. Well, COVID alone doubled our numbers of trafficking. Now there's real no true way for us to have a number and say this is it because it is very hidden. The only way we can have any statistics is by tracking what's been turned in um, either law enforcement or the human trafficking hotline. But COVID alone, from March to April, doubled reports of human trafficking. Our children are now doing school online. That is where the pedophiles and the traffickers are. When they don't go to school, we've taken away teachers, social workers, lunchroom ladies, all of that, that, that really do guard our children. And so it is out there, it is real, it is happening. Um, church, we're, we're in it together, we are all part of it. Um, I know that I get to, to be that one that stands up here and gives that rally cry and says, let's go, let's go, let's go. But today, just for an instant, and I know that uh, most of you don't know where I've come from you see um, the Amanda that preaches, that gets up, that uh, does NMI. I, I do all of these things and I love them and I'm thankful that God has given them to me. Um, but I've come from a real place of brokenness. And the home that I was raised in, I had every vulnerability to be trafficked. Now, I praise the Lord that I wasn't, that he guarded me and he protected me. But I had every vulnerability. And I did find myself in some positions that I didn't want to be in and that I didn't choose for myself. 
and there was nobody giving me a hand out of it. I had to fight my way out of it. And so when I stand up here and I try to, I try to say, come on, God has called all of us to be a part of it. You all can be a part of our center. And I do mean that when I say that. We have lots of room for you to come and to invest and to be a part. But when we look at numbers like 400 a day, Lord, just give me one. I will take all 400. You know that I will. But if you give me one, it's totally worth it. And it, it is not that, and yes, I get to go on police stings and I watch police bus tours down. But on the other end is a beautiful, God-created human being that I will guarantee you doesn't want to be where they are. And we don't always see that because there's not this instant gratification when we go in and we want to help someone and we pull them up and they turn around and they leave and they walk back out. Well, they don't want to be helped. Well, I guarantee you nobody wakes up and says they want to be a prostitute. Nobody wakes up and says, I want to be trafficked. Nobody wakes up and says, I want to be a drug addict. Nobody wakes up like me at 16 years old and doesn't have a place to live. I want to be that person that epitomizes what Jesus did by just reaching out and touching in love. And I don't have to storm the gates. I don't have to knock down doors. But let me give you a ride. Let me give you a place to sleep. Let me feed your belly. Let me give you clothes, whether you are with me for five minutes or five weeks or five days. Let me just be Jesus to you. And I don't even have to open my mouth to be that and to do that. My husband always says I'm not funny enough, and I'm looking at all of you like, oh, Amanda. Each of us are capable of loving. Each of us have something beautiful that God has put in us to use. And it's going to look different because God is a creative God. God has purpose in everything that he does. So the giftings that he has given you, the blessings that he has given you, were never really intended for you. They're intended for a world that desperately needs what God has given you. When we say we're in it together, and I feel like that's redundant, and I don't even think that I like it anymore, but we're in it together. And as Pastor Cal is, is, is going to start this um, series on love is a verb, you know, we, we talk about social justice. We see a lot of social justice. Um, right now, our world is full of extremes, and people are screaming on, on both sides 
everywhere we look, there is rioting, there is protesting, there is anger, there is division. But let's walk down the center of it and be love because love puts out fires. And we can put out fires and we can build bridges even when people don't act or think or live like we do or where we do. And, and I know that what I have been called to, maybe you haven't been called to, but I will say this. If you are a Christian sitting in this room, and even if you're not, you have been called to love like Jesus, to walk into the hard and dark places where you feel the tension. I will tell you that every day as a Christian, we feel tension and we live in tension without realizing we live in that tension. We live in the tension between the good and the evil, the secular and the Christian. So get in it. Get used to the tension that you feel and be willing to be uncomfortable. Because as I stand here today, and as sure as I hear the Lord speaking to me right now, it is a new day, Lantana. It is a new day for this church. It is a new day for each of you that sit in here. God has called you into new places, and they're not going to be pretty. They're not going to be comfortable. So you might as well start praying like I pray, Lord, let me see you in the really hard places. Let me see you where I don't expect to see you, but let me see you there because I know that you are there. And Rescue Hill is just, it, it, it's just one of those things. We are an anti-trafficking organization. Um, it, it was a dream that God has put on Steve and I's heart for many, many years to have a compassionate ministry center. Um, I don't think that we anticipated it going the way that it, it is. We, did, we didn't, like we knew trafficking, yes, but we didn't really expect it to be all anti-trafficking. We love immigrants. We love refugees. We love people. If you're around Steve and I long enough, you realize we just love people. But we're obedient to what God asks us to do. And when you're obedient, it is scary. It is hard. Um, you can never undo the things that you see. Um, I, will, I will tell you that every person that we come into contact with, uh, which, which you would know is a victim of human trafficking, you're never the same. You never unhear the stories. You never unsee the things. But God has a way of just taking that and propelling you into a, a, a deeper walk with him. He hasn't called us to live these safe lives. lives. He's lived us. He's called us to just walk with him no matter where that takes you and to use whatever he's given you. And, and yes, we are anti-trafficking. We have a um, short-term emergency shelter that was born out of seeing what was not happening. We have long-term shelters in, I believe we have one in Denton. We have one in Dallas. We have one in Waco. We have one in Houston. 
but one thing our whole area doesn't have is a short-term emergency human trafficking shelter. When, when a person comes out of trafficking, which we like to call them a survivor or an active survivor, uh, they don't always have an emergency place to go, and it takes time to get into a long-term residential. And so we want to be that emergency. So what we are is that face, that first face that they see when they call a human trafficking hotline or the police have recovered them um, or another organization says, hey, we got someone, can you take them? We go and get them and we are that first place. And sometimes it's really scary. But scary is where it's at. And, and we do training. We're partnering with our law enforcement um, you want to see what your community is really like, go on a ride-along. Um, you you want to really get into the community. Um, and, and I know, love your police. They're not all bad. You want to change the dynamic of the way a police force works? Get involved with the police. It doesn't mean you support one thing over another. It just means you're willing to get in the tension and be Jesus on this side and that side. I know for me, I want to be all the places that Jesus calls me to be. Um, and, and I want you to be all the places that Jesus calls me to be too. Uh, there are ways that you can invest. There are ways that you can help. And Steve's going to come up, and he's, you know, you, you've heard me, but he's going to come up, and he's going to share what does God say about this? Because that's really what matters, right? Not so much what Amanda says, but what God says. But we have all kinds of ways for you um, to be involved, and I know that some of you already have. Um, Sarisa has come down and used her mad spray painting skills. Caden um, helped us do some hammering um, you know, I know the peelers have been involved. Many of you have been involved and you've come. Um, but we invite you to come and see what's happening in Arlington. We invite you to come see our building. Um, if you can cook, we need people that are willing to make a meal and drive it to Arlington. Um, we need security. If you're retired law enforcement, um, if, if you um, knit, if you, no matter what you do, um, we can use it. So there's always a place for you to be involved. And if you're not called and you don't feel like, oh, I need to work at Rescue Hill, that's okay, but go somewhere and do something. Be a part of what's happening here. And, um, you know, this area is kind of known for being, um, you don't see a lot of poverty here, but with giving out food, Hey, an empty belly has no ears. We cannot preach the gospel if we're not meeting physical needs. Because someone that is bleeding from the face isn't going to hear what you're saying. A hungry belly is not going to hear what you're saying. But when we're out there being who God has called us to be, that's where it's at. Um, so, Freedom Sunday, come on up, honey. Sorry, I got all serious on you there, guys. Okay. <clears throat> I got a mic. 
I brought my own mic up here. Um, <clears throat> thanks, Amanda. Yeah, a little heavy, right, this morning? Um, I told Amanda before, I said, hey, just let the Spirit lead you, and if you need the whole service, take it. I don't care. Um, and that would have been fine. I love how God speaks through Pastor Amanda. Um, so it is very heavy, the subject of human trafficking, modern-day slavery, people that have been in bondage not by their own choice, um, maybe by their own consequences of a decision or something, but nobody chooses this, as Amanda said. Uh, I want to talk just real quickly about injustice and what God says about injustice. Um, there's a passage that I may have preached on here once before in the last four years that we've been a part of Lantana um, as needed, but Isaiah 58 uh, is a powerful passage. If you have your Bible quickly, you can turn to Isaiah 58. And this is a passage just to set this up for you. It's where uh, God, speaking through Isaiah, um, it's called the fasting chapter, um, or that's what I call it, true fasting. It's where he's talking to the people. They're, they're almost saying, look at us, God. Look what we're doing for you. We're fasting this day of the year um, to, to give that day to you, which is a good thing to do, right? That's not a bad thing to give a day to the Lord. But here God is saying in um, Isaiah 58, uh, halfway through verse 5, he says, Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? Verse 6, is, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Is, not, is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. God is telling us in this passage, um, I want your daily sacrifice, but I want your lifestyle to back it up. I want everything you do to imitate sacrifice to me. I, I want to see you um, not just lay something on the altar, but lay your life on the altar. That's what God's telling us in this passage, right? And it doesn't mean that all of us are to fight human trafficking. Lord knows, I didn't choose this. <laughs> I was following her, who's following the Lord, and I'm following the Lord, and it's like she wants to go here, and God's leading both of us, and I just better get on board. <laughs> we didn't pick this. This ministry wasn't something we said, you know what would be cool? What's really needed today? I don't know. Let's, um, I don't know, think of the worst kind of traumatic experience a woman or a man can have, and then just try to meet them in the mud of that and then help them get rescued out. Like, we didn't choose that. In fact, we didn't choose any of this. Um, we just chose the Lord. We just chose Jesus. Um, there may be a pic. Did you guys bring pictures back there? I, I sent three yesterday. There's a picture of our family on an airplane um, flying to the mission field for the first time. You guys may not have got them. Right there. That's, that's when we answered the call to become missionaries for Church of the Nazarene. Volunteers. Um, I think there's one more of us in the airport. I was looking through pictures this week to find one for Amanda that she was planning to use in her message that God changed. Um, not that one, a different one, I thought. But anyway, that's the one I was trying to find for Amanda. But this is the day, guys, where um, tw 11 or 12 years ago, where we sold everything we owned, our business, sold our home, sold our two rental houses, just left everything behind, jumped on an airplane with 10 cases and a couple of carry-ons, and flew to El Salvador to be missionaries, didn't even speak Spanish, 
had nothing. Like, we knew nothing. We just knew God said go, and we went. And it came out of a burden he had laid on our hearts on a mission trip to Honduras two years earlier. Um, that's where it started for us. And guys, we've, we've never been the same. Um, not everybody's called to do that. Not everybody's called to go someplace like that. We're just all called to say, yes, Lord, and be obedient and walk in that. That's the calling. Whatever it is for each one of us, there's a calling. And I want to share quickly another passage, Isaiah 69, the very next chapter. This is an example that God shares of people that are living in sin, not doing the, the will of the Father, which is to fight injustice. And so just, I'm just going to hit a couple verses in Isaiah 59 real quick. Um, it starts in Isaiah 59, verse 4. Check this out. God says through the prophet Isaiah, no one calls for justice. No one pleads the case with integrity. That's the first time. There's six times in this passage. God says no one calls for justice and no one pleads a case with integrity. You drop down to um, verse 8, and he continues to talk about sin. I mean, this next few verses, he's just talking about the sin of these people. They just care about themselves. They've got their eyes on only themselves. Verse 8, the way of peace they do not know. There is no justice in their paths. And this is a cool transition. Now it goes from third person to first person. Now it goes from Isaiah talking about these people to these people talking for themselves. This is really cool. So verse 9, it says, so, or like, therefore, because of that, so justice is far from us and righteousness does not reach us. That's the same as saying, if we're not willing to give justice, then we're really not going to be receivers of justice. If we're not willing to say, yes, Lord, I will help fight whatever injustice you burden me with or mantle me with, then if we're not willing to do that, it's almost like God is saying, then don't be too eager to receive the blessing from me in that area. If you're not willing to give it to your neighbor, probably don't stand there waiting for it just to fall into your lap. Does that make sense? It's kind of what he's saying. Now, this isn't talking about, um, this is talking about people that are living in sin. I mean, that's the people group he's talking about. But this is really cool. We'll go real quick. Um, you drop down to verse 11, and it says, we all growl like bears. We moan mournfully like doves. We look for justice and find none for deliverance, but it is far away. So now it's gone from no one calls for justice to there's no justice in our path because we're not calling. We're not going to see it. And then it goes to justice is far from us in righteousness the blessing of the Lord, the favor of God, the Holy Spirit in us does not reach us. And then you drop down to that fourth one and it said, we look for justice but can't find any. We look for deliverance and it does not reach us. The next one, verse 5, or verse 14, so justice is driven back. Now it's not only in our lap or in our path and we can't find it, now it's pushed away. It's like God says, mm -mm, I'm pulling this way back. Justice is driven back and righteousness stands at a distance. Truth has stumbled in the streets and honesty cannot enter. Are we not living in a society today, not only our nation, but our world where um, deception and lies have just whew, covered our land like a blanket, right? Everywhere you look, whether it's media or the voices or uh, whoever the person is speaking at the time, all you hear is things, and nobody can discern the truth. I'll tell you, there's only one truth, and it's Jesus. He is the only truth. He's the only absolute for us, is Jesus. Well, this is really cool to sum all this up. It says, 
uh, in verse 15. Truth is nowhere to be found, and whoever shuns evil becomes prey. The Lord looked and was displeased that there was no justice. He saw that there was no one. He was appalled that there was no one to intervene. So his own arm achieved salvation for him, and his own righteousness sustained him. Verse 17, he put on righteousness as his breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garments of vengeance and wrapped himself in zeal as in a cloak. Listen, God was appalled that nobody was willing to go to bat for somebody else. That there was nobody to put their camera down instead of filming somebody getting beaten up or in a car fire or whatever it is that you see on social media. Instead of putting down the phone and going and helping, he was appalled at that, right? I mean, that's just an example. So God says, I'm going to put on my own righteousness, send my son Jesus, and I'll bring justice to the unjust. I'll do it. But here's the cool thing, guys. That includes all of us. God did that so his spirit can be in us, so we can go forth and be that for him. Amen? God gave a way for us all to be a part, and it's a calling for all of us to be a part of that. It's for every one of us today. Um, there was a video I was going to try to play that we couldn't get to play, but this, this story is this, um, this army ranger who's retired and he's moved on and he now, um, he, he moved to this place called Burma with his family. You guys have heard of the country Burma. In our facility, we have three churches, our Rescue Hill International, we have Jesus Cristo Vive, a Spanish church, and then we have a Burmese church called DFW Christian Living. Um, they're all Nazarene churches. They're all in one building, and it's amazing. Well, this, this Burmese church, I've grown to love these people so much. They're so beautiful. Well, in Burma is the longest civil war ever happening anywhere on the planet. It's in Burma, still ongoing. And uh, this army ranger goes to Burma, and he, he goes, and he, it's called Free Burma Rangers is the movie. Francis Chan produced it. If you can get that on Amazon Prime, check it out. Free Burma Rangers. He goes there. He helps train up this army of... Burmese people to fend for themselves, to fight for themselves, to help the injustice that is happening all around them. And in fact, our pastor, Burmese pastor's wife, tells the story of having to run from their village as these people come in, of their own people, and are shooting at them. And she has a dress with holes in it. As she was running, bullets went between her legs, through her dress, and left holes. It was that kind of injustice that was happening. Well, anyway, this man raised up this local army, taught them to fight. They took back their land, and then they went to the Middle East to continue that fight and to try to do work there as well. And he brought some of those Burmese rangers with him. And they go through this amazing thing. And just summing up this quick story, they're in the Middle East, and they're going along just in the last number of years, few years, and they come to this village, and they help, they help uh, free this village from ISIS. And the story is of this man, and he's standing there with his team, and they've just freed this little village, and there's these two houses, and they're just hugging all these people, and this little girl, and this family, and everybody's excited, and he's going in the name of Jesus. He says, Jesus, bless you today. These are Muslim men and women and children. Jesus, bless you today. We love you. God loves you. And they're receiving him with hugs and embraces, and they're so thankful for what these men have done to combat the injustice that has happened in their community. And as soon as they're finished this, you watch in the film, the, the family gets into a, a, a wagon pulled by a tractor and they drive on down the hill and they get less than a mile away. And while they're filming this, you see the tractor blow up. It hits an IED that ISIS had left on a road. 
This team runs down there, this man, and they go down to the tractor and they, they see family laying in the ground crying, some, some in bad shape, and the little girl that had just been hugging his leg, she's lost her life. And he says in that moment, he says in that moment, from now on we're going to fight ISIS. We're going to fight ISIS. I mean, we want everybody to come to Jesus. We, that's what we want to do. We want to see people free, but people that would choose this, they deserve to die. That's what he says. See it in the movie. This is a missionary, Christian missionary ranger guy. He's, he dude's a stud. He says, so that night, he, he's just weighed down with the burden of this. We have to fight ISIS. We're changing strategy. We're changing tactics. We're now going to start shooting them. And that night, he says he's sitting in his room, and he opens his Kindle, pulls up his Bible, and says, Lord, speak to me. What, what do you want to show me tonight? And he puts his finger in his Kindle, and the verse is, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. <laughs> we know that verse, right? Anyway, he pleads for forgiveness. God, I'm so sorry. I, I, my mind was warped. I was looking at the wrong thing. And then he goes on to tell this amazing passage of God calls us to love. Just love everybody. There's going to be room for vengeance, but God's going to do it. doesn't mean that we don't have laws and we don't have consequences and, and those sorts of things. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, like Amanda said, God's calling us to walk the middle and just be the light. Call both sides, whoever that side is, whether it's terrorists or Kurds. God's calling us to just be that light, right? That's what he's asking of us today. So Pastor Cal... He's going to come, I think, and uh, sum us up. But I, I wonder if there's anyone here today that just would like to come and pray at the altars, maybe, or pray in your seats, or stand with us and pray as the worship team comes here quickly. And I'm sorry if we've gone too long. Amanda's very winded. But um, <laughs> I can blame it on her. But truly, what is God asking of us today, Right? What is God asking of each one of us specifically today? Maybe it is to partner with somebody like us, Rescue Hill, and come and just be a part of what God's doing there, whether it's cooking the meals or helping us be security when we get girls that stay at our facility. Or, or maybe it's being a part of the food drive that you guys are doing, which is phenomenal, and just investing in that. Just loving people that come to get a box of food. Um, maybe it's something completely different. But every single person in this room and on live stream is called to something. We're called to something. So I think our prayer today needs to be not one of shame. Oh, God, I'm, I'm so sorry that I'm not doing anything for you. God's not looking to beat you up today. God's not looking to show you how, how far off you are. That's what Satan does. Don't read that, that uh, scroll of shame today. Rather, say, God... I think I'm coming up short. Forgive me. Now show me what you have. God's not going to show you what you're not doing. He's going to show you what he wants you to be doing. Amen? So that should be our prayer today. Will you guys just stand with me as we um, just close this out? And thank you, worship team. Um, Cal, you can pray with us, but I just encourage you, if, the, if you want to come to the altars and pray, I'll come pray with you. Um, if you just want to just give this to the Lord, or if you just want to pray from your seat, let's just seek the face of the Lord and say, God, what do you have for me? We've heard from the word and we've heard from Pastor Amanda that there's something for all of us. What is it for me? What am I to do today? Where am I to go today? 
Maybe speak to me on my drive home. Maybe speak to me in this moment. Maybe tonight, just give me a dream and I wake up and say, oh my gosh, that's what we're to do, honey, and smack your husband. I don't know. Just ask the Lord to show you. I promise you, he's faithful. He will do it. You don't do this in your own strength. We're not doing this in our strength. If we were, I'd have quit the second day, man. I'll tell you that right now. It's hard. It's hard as heck. But God is our strength. We don't have to be fear. We don't have to be fearful. We're not called to go and kill the enemy. You don't have to shoot anybody. You don't have to hurt anybody. I mean, Amanda would like to do some things to some pimps that she's come across, but God's not asking that of us. He's asking us just to be the light and love. That's it. So Pastor Kel, how do we be the light in Lantana? Let this man help lead us. Jesus, lead us, show us. What do you have for us today? I called him up and then I just kept going. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> Amen. That's all right. Let's take just a moment. If you guys will, bow your heads and let's spend a moment in prayer. I know if anybody, any of you would like to still come forward or if you want to kneel in your chair or if you're at home and you want to kneel at your couch. And I love this. Today's about freedom, Freedom Sunday specifically human trafficking, but at the same time, our God sets us free from all things. And so, for that to happen, He's given us all a different call. He's asked us all to do a different thing. He wants us to partner with Him in different areas of ministry. So, maybe today we're asking, God, what is it that you want me to do? I know you have a call on my life. How can I live that out? Today, God, we know that um, you're working in our lives. You're talking to us. You're giving us specific calls. And if it's uh, something involving human trafficking or uh, specifically with Rescue Hill, then that's awesome. We want to praise you for that. But maybe it's not that. Maybe it's something else. Help us to be obedient. Help us to hear. Help us to listen clearly. Man, we love you, God, and we, we just ask that you would point us in the right direction. Make the call that you have given us clear. In Jesus' name I pray.